Perry back to throw. Flushed out. Rolling left in trouble. Slips a tackle. Got to launch it. He does. Left side into the end zone. Jump ball. And it is. Is it caught? Is it caught? Oh, my goodness. It's caught. DeAndre Hopkins caught it. He caught it for a touchdown. It's against the rush last year. Allowed 155 to the Chargers. This one downfield. Beckham got him. What's up, everybody? Sorry for the little bit of a delay. I've been gone for probably like two or three weeks now. Sorry. Just kind of had to finish up some stuff in school and just, you know, get to summer. But now we are officially back with season one, episode three of the Special Teamers podcast. So today we're talking about three things. We're going to do a little bit of a rookie review. We are going to talk about the Julio Jones trade rumors and we are going to discuss our way too early um, division winners, our predictions for who we think is going to win the division. So starting right into it, or getting right into it at least, we got to discuss the rookies. So Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, and Travis Etienne are the three just to bring up for me right off the bat. So T-Law, Trevor Lawrence, number one overall pick. Not much to say about him other than you know, slowly waiting to see him week one. We all know he's going to be the starter. He's He might be the most obvious starter out of any rookie class that we've had probably in like the last five years um, in any position. Justin Fields, I think, will also end up starting within the first quarter of the season. So within the first four weeks, I mean, quarter with 16 games, I guess, but Within the four, first four weeks, I believe we're going to see Justin Fields start. I think, honestly, within week one or week two, we're going to see him on the field at some point. But he'll start um, within the first four weeks. And Travis Etienne might be the most um, interesting rookie prospect out of anybody that is on our list today. And honestly, that's because, I don't know if you guys have heard, but the Jaguars are practicing him at the wide receiver position. For rookie minicamp, they were putting him at... Um, wide receiver and I think like for the first day or two he exclusively took snaps at wide receiver um, but you know I, I don't think that's a bad idea if you look at him at Clemson he was elite out of the backfield I think you know pro football focus is one of my favorite um, sources to use when it comes to players I know some people don't like it some people do but I think analytics are big and pro football focus is good on that Travis Etienne ranked, like, number one in, like, three really big analytical categories for receptions and receiving yards and um, just receptions out of the backfield for a running back. He ranked first out of the country last year. So Travis Etienne is a big receiving threat. I think, honestly, I, I said this when he was coming out of the draft, he is the most Alvin Kamara-like player in this draft in – a long time. I think Alvin Kamara in general is an absolute animal out of the backfield. And, um, you know, you can line him up out wide and he'll be all right too. But I think Alvin Kamara is an absolute animal. And I think Travis Etienne is going to replicate the same success he has out of the backfield and catching the ball in Urban Meyer's offense. So I think that's going to be really big, to be honest with you. Secondly, I wanted to talk about the rookies I am most excited to see this year so number one would definitely have to be Justin Fields I think we all know I'm a big Ohio State fan and not only that um, 
I really think Justin Fields is quarterback two in this class. Um, I, I, I don't see how Zach Wilson went second overall. I'm still stuck on that, and it's been weeks. But Justin Fields, I'm super excited to see. Jamar Chase, super excited to see. I think him and Joe Burrow have this amazing connection. I can't wait to um, just see how they pick up where they left off in their college days. And honestly, I want to say this. If they don't perform well or perform even to a tenth of a percent of what they performed in college together, if they can't replicate that success, the front office of the Bengals is going to be absolutely dragged because you passed up on Panay Sewell and Rashawn Slater for Jamar Chase, banking on the fact that they're going to be able to replicate that success. I, I'm very confident that they will be able to, him and Joe Burrow, but, man, if they can't, I'm praying for the Bengals' front office. Next, I think uh, Rashawn Slater was my number one tackle coming off the board, or on the board, excuse me. He was my number one tackle, and the fact that the Chargers got him without moving up, without just staying put, and just he fell right into their lap, good for them. I'm, you know, as a Browns fan, I think a dark horse candidate for this year for scariest team in the AFC should be the Chargers. I think the Chiefs, slowly but surely, people are starting to figure them out. As long as you have a pretty stout defense, you could hope to contain the Chiefs at least. But, you know, I'm not saying the Chargers are on the same level. I don't want to get crucified for it. They're not on the same level. But I am saying that the Chiefs are starting to get figured out a little bit more. Um, but, yeah, the Chargers, I'm going to be looking at them because of uh, Rashawn Slater. And Travis Etienne, we had previously discussed him. Him coming out of the backfield is going to be scary. And him and James Robinson, talk about a one-two punch, you know, dynamic duo, thunder and lightning. You know, you have, you know, thunder with James Robinson. He'll come in. He'll be your bruising back. And then you have lightning, quick, shifty Travis Etienne who can catch out of the backfield. I think that's going to be huge. Um, I absolutely can't wait to see this whole rookie class just absolutely ball out this year. Um, moving on, we have the Julio Jones trade rumors. This is huge. I truly thought, I really did, that Julio Jones is going to retire a Falcon. I mean, I grew up on, like, the Adrian Petersons, the the Julio Jones, the A.J. Greens, Calvin Johnsons, like, the older generation NFL players. And I, I you know, I, I, I could have never predicted Megatron retiring early. I could have never predicted Julio getting traded or you know, at least having his name in the trade mill. But it seems to be that the big three contenders are the Patriots, Titans, and the Ravens. So let me just say this. I hope to absolute God the Ravens do not get Julio Jones because A, I'm a Browns fan, and B, because the Ravens already had a very, very, very strong uh, class drafting, at least for receivers. I believe they got Rashad Bateman, and um, I don't remember who else they got, but they got an absolute stud at receiver. I may be mistaken, but I'm pretty sure they got two really good receivers out of the draft. But either way, oh, it might be Tylen Wallace from Oklahoma State, but I may be mistaken. But either way, I don't want him going to the Ravens. Um, Patriots would be scary to see him on. But I think what I want to see is the Titans take a shot for Julio Jones. I want to see them take a shot, quite honestly, just because... Could you imagine A.J. Brown, Julio Jones, Derrick Henry in that well-oiled machine that is the Titans' offense? Run, 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 stack the box, and just let A.J. Brown and Julio Jones go to work? 
I will watch every Titans game. I'm a Browns fan through and through, but I will watch every single Titans game if that happens. Honestly, I want to see Julio go to Tennessee because that would that would be crazy. Um, I think setting up the play action with Julio and A.J. Brown on the outside after you set up the play action, that's going to be insane. And I think Ryan Tannehill is going to take his um, play to an MVP level. I'm, I'm saying it right now. It sounds crazy. Oh, Ryan Tannehill. Yes, Ryan Tannehill can be an MVP if the Titans get Julio Jones because they lost Corey Davis and Corey Davis had a breakout year, former top five pick, but he had a, he had a breakout year this year and they lost him to the Jets in free agency. So if they can come in and replace him with Julio Jones, automatic upgrade and automatic winners in the AFC South. And honestly, I, I can't see anyone dethroning them in that, in that division if they get Julio. Um, but that'll bring us into our next topic for this podcast and that's our way too early division winners so starting with just the AFC I'm going to run down all of them and then I'm going to break them down specifically for you guys so AFC North is going to be the Browns the East is going to be Bills the South is going to be the Colts or Titans but if they get if uh, the Titans get Julio then it's going to be the Titans winning the AFC South no doubt in my mind and then the West obviously Kansas City that might be the most obvious um choice aside from maybe arguing the Chargers, but I can't see that. But the AFC North, the Browns and the Ravens realistically are the only ones that have a shot to win the division. If the Bengals win the division, I will jump into Lake Erie. I will drink Lake Erie water. I will do literally anything if the Bengals and the Steelers win the division because I know they won't. I know that at the end of the day, the Browns will win the division. I think they have a stout offense that has shown that they can be very successful, especially run running play action. I think they significantly improved their defense, their linebacking core, their secondary. I think it was a really, really, really good idea to keep uh, Joe Woods as the defensive coordinator. I, I absolutely hated people talking about, oh, you know, we need a new defensive coordinator. I mean, half, half of our really big impact players were just not healthy. And Joe Woods still made the best of it. So I think this was a really good move bringing him back. Um, The AFC East, I think this is going to be an incredibly competitive division. Typically, you don't think of the AFC East as an incredibly competitive division due to the fact that this used to be the Patriots division for 20 years, I believe. So we don't. You know, we, we don't take it too seriously when people say the AFC East is going to be competitive. But I think it's time that we do because the Bills clearly showed that they're here to play. The Patriots retooled and they, you know, did what they had to do to get back to some level of prominence and dominance. The Jets are always going to be the Jets, but I would not be surprised if Robert Sala absolutely just changes the culture in New York and just turns them around. And I don't think Zach Wilson is... Um, is quite the player Justin Fields is, but I would not be surprised if he took them to the promised land, which is for Jets fans going to be just 10 and seven pretty much. But I think the bills are going to win the AFC East. I think that's a no brainer. It's pretty competitive. I know the dolphins are in there too. Can't forget about them. But at the end of the day, I think the dolphins, the Patriots and the Jets are all one or two years behind the bills. The AFC South, I'm going to say if Julio goes to the Titans, then the Titans win it. But that's a really, really, really big if. So I could also see the Colts winning it. 
I think the Texans might be the worst franchise in sports right now. All of sports, all of them, hockey, baseball, basketball, football. They might be the worst franchise in sports. Um, so I think it's really down to Colts and Titans. If Frank Reich can get the MVP Carson Wentz to come back like he did, I think, his last year in Philly before he took the uh, head coaching job in Indiana or yeah, Indianapolis, um, I think if he can get him to come back to his MVP form, I think that Colts are going to be really scary. They have an unbelievable defense. They have, If they have Carson Wentz, who's an MVP, I think they're going to have a crazy quarterback, a great defense, great offensive line, good run game, good pass game. I, I think Colts might be one of the top five, top three most well-balanced teams. And if you put any other non-doubtful you know, doubtful quarterback, when I say non-doubtful, I mean like, oh, there's no you know, question marks about his success. If you put any game-managing quarterback in that situation, it showed with Phillip Rivers. I'm sorry, but at last year he was a glorified game manager. So it showed Phillip Rivers. They can make the playoffs. Their defense can carry them. So I think it's between the Colts and Titans for the AFC South. But the AFC West, super obvious. I don't think there's going to be any competition for who's going to win it. I think the only people, the only team that can challenge the Chiefs for the AFC West crown is going to be the Chargers. I think the Broncos, I don't think they can do it with Teddy Bridgewater. I can see them being competitive I just don't know if they're capable I think they're not capable of getting over the hump unless they have a above average quarterback and I think Teddy Bridgewater is unfortunately just average I really think they should have pulled the trigger on Justin Fields and taken him at number nine um but Patrick Sertan is also a baller I just don't think they needed another corner they have Bryce Callahan in the slot Kendall Fuller or Kyle Fuller I think it's Kyle Fuller on the outside. I, I, I just I don't think they needed another corner, to be honest with you. I think they could have gotten corner deeper in the draft, but it's okay. I think at the end of the day, Kansas City still is going to win the uh, AFC West. But going into the NFC, same process here. We're going to go north, east, southwest. It's going to be Bears, football team, Bucks, and 49ers for their respective divisions. I think the NFC North is going to be incredibly competitive and incredibly interesting to look at this year, especially with what's happening with Aaron Rodgers. And that's another thing we need to talk about, but I think we're going to save that until the next episode. But I think Aaron Rodgers wanting out is going to be so groundbreaking for the NFC North that I don't know what's going to happen, but I think the Packers might fall into obscurity because I don't know. I haven't heard anything about Jordan Love. It may be because I'm not a Packers fan. I don't keep up with it, but... I have heard zero about Jordan Love, so uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure how the Packers are going to do. So I have the Bears winning it. I think Justin Fields is going to come in, absolutely dominate, cannot wait to see it. Um, I think they have a scary, scary, absolutely terrifying defense. I think the NFC North is just kind of a weaker division as it is, so they're all going to be competitive because they're all missing some big pieces. Like, I, I think Aaron Rodgers is going to end up leaving the Packers. So I think the Packers are going to be missing a quarterback who they've had under center for 16 years now. I think the Lions are just the Lions. And Jared Goff is I, – I have not liked Jared Goff since the day he was drafted. I just did not think you could justify putting him number one overall. I couldn't. or You can't – you cannot put Jared Goff as a top two overall player. I'm sorry. Um, 
But I'm mean, moving on NFC East. Washington football team, before all the Cowboys fans sit here, oh, the Cowboys, the Cowboys, the Cowboys. The Cowboys haven't been good for 30 years, maybe. I mean, I, 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 don't, I don't understand why every year people are like, this is the Cowboys year. I understand Dak is coming back. But your offensive line is putrid. You're constantly injured. I like Micah Parsons. I do. But I just, he's a liability in coverage. So I'm not sure what they're going to do with him. But if they can figure out a way to coach him and to just scheme with him and scheme around his strengths, then he's going to be scary. But I think he's an absolute liability in coverage, which is going to cause the Washington football team and their defense to absolutely wreak havoc amongst everyone else on that team. And on top of that, honestly, I think they're just the, the Washington football team has an unbelievable front seven consisting of Chase Young and Montez Sweat on the edge. And I'm, let me just say, Montez Sweat is an animal. So Chase Young and Montez Sweat on the edge, Josh Allen and Deron Payne on the inside. Just the front four has me shaking scared. Now you add in the fact that they improved their linebacking core and Part of that linebacking core improvement is because of Jamin Davis from Kentucky. Jamin Davis is an absolute stud. He is everything that I would want in a linebacker. He flies sideline to sideline, downhill tackler, hard-nosed kind of player, just absolute amazing stud linebacker that I think will fit perfect in that Washington system. I think that is absolutely the right pick for them, and people knock them because, oh, you could have gotten him later. no. They took who they thought was the best player available, best player on the board for them, for their system, for their needs, and good for them. It's going to pay off big time. The NFC South, Tom Brady's in there. Pick whoever Tom Brady is playing, Tom Brady's going to win. Pick whoever Tom Brady is playing in the playoffs, Tom Brady's going to win. Pick whoever Tom Brady is playing in the Super Bowl, Tom Brady's going to win. So at the end of the day, pick the Bucks, pick whatever team he's on, they're going to win. Bucks win the South. That's how it is. The only people that could possibly challenge for it, honestly, are going to be the Panthers. Sam Darnold in that Joe Brady offense is going to be unbelievable, and I cannot wait to see that. The NFC West, 49ers might be the luckiest team in the world. So two, three years ago, I believe Jimmy Garoppolo tore his ACL, which ended up giving the 49ers the second overall pick, which they used on Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa has a fantastic rookie season. They go to the Super Bowl, lose. Okay, next season, whole team falls apart with injuries. They get yet another top three pick. And what do they use it on? Trey Lance, the quarterback out of North Dakota State. He is going to be an unbelievable player. I said this in the first podcast with Grant. He will be like Patrick Mahomes. I'm calling it right now. He will be the next Patrick Mahomes in the Kyle Shanahan offense with the weapons he is surrounded with, with the skill set that he has and the untapped potential that he has. He will be the next Patrick Mahomes. And I can't wait to see it. I truly think that week 10, week eight, week nine, something like that. If Jimmy G isn't getting the job done, eh, that's it. Bring in Trey Lance, bring the rookie in and let's work around him. But overall, I think the 49ers will win the NFC West. Um, That's a, unbelievable unbelievable uh division seahawks 49ers cardinals and rams honestly I, I could pick any of those players any of those teams to go out and win the division i think all of those teams have 
so much potential in their own ways. And you could argue that any of those could win it. And I'd believe you. And I wouldn't call you crazy. But at the end of the day, I think the 49ers are the luckiest team because every couple of years, someone tears their ACL on that team and some injury spell goes around and everyone's injured. They get a top three pick. They get that pick and they go back to prominence. And that's just how the 49ers are. And you can't complain about that. That's just, you know, that's how the cards unfold for them. And that's how it will be. But, yeah, that was the uh, way too early division winners prediction. Just to recap, the AFC North were the Browns. AFC East were the Bills. AFC South were the Colts or the Titans. But I'm just going to put my money on the Titans. AFC West, obviously the Chiefs. NFC North, the Bears. East, football team, which still kills me to say every time. NFC South, the Bucks. And the NFC West of the 49ers. I think this is going to be an insane NFL season. 17 games coming out of the whole COVID season. Everyone's kind of going back to normal, normal training camps, normal just NFL life. And I'm excited to see how it pans out. And honestly, so much drama is going to unfold between the Aaron Rodgers situation and, you know, still waiting on the whole Deshaun Watson thing. And, you know, so much is going to unfold for the NFL this season, and it's going to be fantastic from a fan's perspective to watch, and I'm really excited. So, yeah, for episode four, season one, episode four, I think we're just going to keep doing, you know, talking about what are the current issues in the NFL, what are what are the current trade rumors, you know, current transactions that have happened, all that stuff, what's currently happening in the league, let's sit down and let's talk about it, let's talk some football. So I think season one, episode four should be out next week. I'm going to try recording once a week now that summer has started. And if you guys love the special teamers content so much that you want more of it, go ahead and follow the special teamers Instagram at special teamers pod and our Twitter at special teamers. We post there almost every day. Like I said, recently, there's been less content just because of wrapping up everything and getting back into summer. And now that we are in summer podcast, hopefully once a week, posting daily on the special teamers socials. Appreciate y'all tuning in. See y'all next week. Flushed out, rolling left in trouble, slips a tackle, got to launch it. He does. Left side, into the end zone, jump ball, and it is. Is it caught? Is it caught? Oh, my goodness, it's caught. DeAndre Hopkins caught it. He caught it for a touchdown. Against the rush last year. Around 155 to the Chargers. This one downfield. Back